You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Welcome to Big New Sports. Featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated. Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. And Christian Miller, a national championship winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. Big news for presented by Haley Dancing at Union Home Mortgage. Welcome into the program. Appreciate all of you dialing us in. Remember that we uh, do have a website, uh, www.bignoonsports.com. Follow us on Twitter, at Big Noon Sports. All that being said, guys, did you know that it is National Barbecue Day? And are you going to celebrate? Uh, yeah, I did not know that, Matt. But uh, that, that's um, a day that I celebrate probably uh, <laughs> once or twice a week. So uh, I love barbecue. And um, I love barbecue in Texas. I love barbecue in Kansas City. And I especially love barbecue in Alabama. I, I, I will say after traveling across the country, the best barbecue is right here. And I believe, I argue, that the best barbecue is in Tuscaloosa. And Matt, you know exactly the place I'm talking about. That well, is there's there's the original dreamland. No, 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 I'm not and going there. Archibalds. I, I'm going, uh, yes, yeah. Uh, I'm going Archibalds, yes. Um, so, yeah, that was the last time uh, you and I had it with uh, Chris Walsh. And um, it was wonderful. I've never had barbecue and martinis. It's uh, just not. Don't think that's going to happen again either. It was well, really, uh, hey, yeah. you got you got to try everything once. I mean, I, and I, you know, hey, I'm not complaining. And uh, Chris, by the way, is going to be on our show tomorrow at twelve thirty. You're South Carolina, Christian. You're a guy there. Uh, you're from the South. Do you eat a lot of barbecue? Absolutely. I mean, you realize Carolina's known for its barbecue, so I, I beg to differ with you, Lars. Yeah, you, you must you must not have you must not have been down uh, either South or North Carolina and tried our barbecue. <laughs> uh, I have. Like, I I've been um, right around the Kannapolis area. I, I don't know. Like, what is there a, a certain place in North Carolina? Like when you were living in Charlotte and playing for the Panthers, that you like to go? Uh, not Charlotte, no. But back in Columbia, we have a place called. Uh, Big T's Barbecue that uh, was very popular back home. And um, there was another place called Little Pigs. Um, man, it's a lot. It's a lot. You, you just you must not have had the right place. You need to tr- next time you go back. You need to you need to give another try. Will do. <laughs> They're all. Oh, if you just drive down the back roads in Alabama, there'll be in these little bitty huts serving barbecue, and it's just fantastic. And they're everywhere. You know, you got your Dreamlands, your Jim and Nicks and other chains but some of these little mom and pop places that just have a little screen shack on the side of the road there are a couple over there around talladega that absolutely rip it so anyway i thought we'd just start with food today and now i want a rib really really bad a dreamland rib and then a side of archibald so um i'll tell you what as long as i brought it up i'm also a big fan of the sides you get like especially made baked beans 
really good southern style potato salad. I don't know why I'm doing this anymore. I'm about to make myself hungry. I already have. Hey, let's talk about the NBA guys. The 76ers fired Doc Rivers. That's my team. He was my man. I don't understand this at all. He led the 76ers back to prominence. They made game seven uh, semifinals of the conference. They were playing better. He was able to deal with some of the egos on that team, i.e. James Harden. And I was, I kind of did a double take and I said, now they're talking about Monty Williams, Phoenix Suns, by the way, they fired him too. And they did the same thing. So anyway, were y'all surprised that they let Doc Rivers go? I always loved him as a player and a coach, and I don't understand this one, Mark. Um, yes, I am surprised, but I'm not shocked. Um, you know, he just hasn't been able to get that Philadelphia team over the hump. Um, they have reached the second round in each of the each of his three seasons. Uh, as the Sixers head coach, but has lost all three series. And the team was just embarrassed, right, in the second half uh, on Sunday uh, in the Game 7 loss, uh, losing 112 to 88. Looked like they gave up. I mean, it just looked like they gave up. And they didn't play with any heart. And even Rivers, I mean, he's caught on, on camera. You can hear him say, come on. Come on. I mean, this wasn't exactly a win one for the Gipper kind of speech. <laughs> you know, uh, this is uh, this, this was a guy who was just uh, at his wits end, frustrated. Um, you know, at, he but he thought after the game that he was going to re- return as coach. And he said that uh, I, I got two years left. But then he added no one is safe in our business. And I get that. Um, and you know, James Harden, um, I think he had a, a, a tricky relationship with Harden. The two, I think everybody has a tricky relationship with Harden. Um, but, uh, you know, Harden basically just said, yeah, our relationship's okay. Um, but, uh, I mean, it, it's crazy that, uh, he has a player option next season guys for 35.6 million. James Harden. Wow. $35.6 million. That, that That just blows the mind. Uh, he looked like, uh, what, the ninth best player on the court on uh, Sunday. But um, I don't know. I, I've always liked Doc Rivers. I, I liked him as a player uh, going all the way back uh, to when he was with uh, Atlanta. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it, it's just – it's just the way it is. I mean, you, you, you have to, especially when you have talent like Embiid, uh, a talent like Embiid, the MVP, uh, you just uh, you got to do better than um, what they did in the second half on Sunday. Christian? Yeah, I'm not shocked. I think it's today's climate and culture with coaches. I mean, people just, uh, they want, you know, results now and they want them to be consistent. I mean, you look at, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, Mike Budenholzer, uh, who just two years ago uh, led them to an NBA championship, was just fired this year. The uh, opponent, uh, the Suns, that he played in that championship, their head coach is Monty Williams, no longer with the Suns, uh, only two short years later. Uh, so it was one of those things where, it, with and it's all sports, with football and all levels, 
football, basketball, college football, uh, professional football, same thing with basketball, baseball. Uh, nowadays, man, there's very few coaches that have the opportunity to really um, sit at that spot and really develop their their team, their culture, and be there for quite a time. And honestly, um, is is getting very rare. I feel like, um, even if you have had success, so I think nowadays, even if you do have success, it's still not enough. You have to be consistent, and uh, we're seeing that more more and more often. And uh, basically, what I'm getting at is, man, I don't, I'm not surprised. I, I think even Doc probably knew it might have been coming. Uh, he may have said it last week, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate, but um, it's kind of the nature of this business. And uh, I just don't understand it because half the time that these teams fire these coaches who've had success, they end up hiring somebody else, and they're not really getting instant results anyway. Um, you basically, you're restarting everything. You're restarting your program. And, yeah, sometimes it's good to start fresh, but um, you're just having to basically start from ground zero. And, and to me, if I was a general manager, I wouldn't want to keep doing that over and over. I would rather just give that coach uh, a few more years or a few more seasons to really see if he can get back to what he'd uh, done for us uh, in a few years prior. But unfortunately, that's not how it works. So uh, Doug Rivers has been fired. But I mean, we're talking about a guy who's arguably one of the most successful coaches in, in, in the NBA, really in NBA history. Uh, probably a future Hall of Famer as a coach. Uh, I don't doubt that he'll land somewhere else, um, but it's just kind of the nature of his business. He may end up in Phoenix. Who knows? Hey, your Lakers play tonight. Scope it out for us real quick before we go to break. Well, man, look, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, they're obviously going to have to uh, play big roles. We all know that, but um, and we sound like broken records saying it, but it, it still rings true. You're going to have to have those support guys really step up. I said that in about game six. I, I named Austin Reeves, and I said um, D'Angelo Russell, and who were the two guys that they highlighted having big games? Both of them. Uh, just because you need those guys to really step up big for you. And, uh, again, they're not going to be able to do it consistently, probably. You know, it's probably going to be uh, different guys every now and then, whether it's Lonnie Walker or, um, you know, whoever it may be. But uh, I think as long as those guys really give LeBron and AD some help, um, it gives them a good chance. But I think the biggest matchup really is kind of like we previewed, which is going to be Anthony Davis and, and, and Jokic. Those two guys really going at it. I think Anthony Davis is going to have to have his best series yet um, in order for them to win this game or win this series, I should say. Um, but really, man, I think the other thing that we saw, too, in, in game six that, that really gave them uh, the best chance of being successful. And, and Lars said it before is that LeBron needed to go back to being aggressive. We saw him kind of getting a little, I wouldn't say lackadaisical, but, he, you know, he kind of was just playing a little more reserved than, than we're used to seeing. And I don't think that gives him the best chance to best chances to win. You need him driving to the hole, getting to the free throw line, you know, creating uh, shot opportunities. Because when he drives, it brings everybody on him and it opens up the shooters around him. So uh, I think we need to see LeBron be aggressive again. Anthony Davis is going to have to step up huge. And that support system the Lakers has, Lonnie Walker, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, all those guys need to step up because uh, I think this is going to be their biggest challenge yet. And yeah. the other uh, the other will get started, I guess, tomorrow. Is that right? Boston and Miami. Um, so uh, we'll get to that as well. And uh, several other stuff. I want to, I won't say jump into, but I just did. Uh, Sports Illustrated. Lars, you work there. I got a question or two to ask you about the upcoming swimsuit issue that is all over social media. You're listening to Big Noon Sports.
the best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Reagan, owner of r Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to r and and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. From our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A mix of sun and clouds this afternoon. Scattered showers and storms around through tonight. The high today, 89. The low tonight, 66. The weather not as hot tomorrow. Partly sunny. A few spots could see a passing shower or storm. The high at 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 89 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big News Sports, Christian Bars, man, Joe, thanks for joining us today. Going to talk some baseball, Chris Hammond, who played at UAB and then 10-plus uh, years in the majors, including time with the Atlanta Braves. Chris Hammond will join us and um, has great insight into the world and not just the world of baseball. Okay, my phone blew up as it can for a, a, an old geezer like me, and all of a sudden I'm seeing all these pictures of Martha Stewart, and I'm going, stop! Well, I think her she's 81, and she's going to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. And since Lars worked at Sports Illustrated, I think for the better part of 20 years, I know he knows all the swimsuit models, um, the models. Um, and, you know, didn't you have uh, dinner with Cindy uh, Cindy Ireland or whatever her name was? <laughs> Cindy Crawford, Kathy Crawford. Ireland. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. No, I had had I had a lunch with El McPherson, but um, for a story, and um, I talked to Kathy Ireland many times over the phone. But um, look, the, but the Sports Illustrated I worked for is not the Sports Illustrated that exists today. Uh, this uh, it's been absolutely gutted. Uh, to me, it, it's uh, and I, it, with all respect to the few friends I have that still work there, most of us got jump ship uh, when SI was sold from Time Inc. Uh, to Maven, and um, you know they've just uh, they've dumbed it down. Uh, 
Um, I don't even know. The magazine maybe comes out once a month. I'm not even sure. Uh, I don't. It, it's just it, it's it's gotten completely irrelevant. Now there are some really good reporters, inclu- including Ross Dellinger, um, who um, covers college football. Um, and, and there's several. Uh, Connor Orr is really good, but for the most part, it's just trash. Um, but back when I was at Sports Illustrated, if you combined all of the um, uh, all of the, the the all the magazines sold um, in like in, in grocery stores on the newsstand, all newsstand sales. You took all 51 weeks and you put that against the newsstand sales of the swimsuit issue. The swimsuit issue would beat it two to one. Uh, I mean, it, it just was a huge money maker. And because it was such a huge money maker, they could afford to work on it year round. And so they had literally a swimsuit issue staff. Wow. And, um, and a swimsuit uh, editor and they would travel the world for about two months and scouting locations. Pretty good, pretty good job. I mean, and the most exotic locations you can find. I remember Steve Russian, <laughs> he wrote a column once. Or maybe, I think we were just talking. He, he was a humorist at Sports Illustrated. We're having lunch. And he's like, I really want them to do like the swimsuit edition in the best island in, in inner city or, or within the continental United States. And that's Grand Island, Nebraska, which is like this little armpit of a town in Nebraska, <laughs> but it had an island in it. But um, so it, it was it was a really big deal. And um, and, and, you know, if you got to write in it, you knew that your words were going to be seen. I, get, I remember Austin Murphy another humorist um, and just a fabulous writer, funny guy. Um, He got to go and spend three weeks, I think like in Tahiti with, you know, uh, eight of the most beautiful women in the world. And they, um, it was the issue where they did body painting. And so he would be, (laughs) he would be uh, sitting poolside as these absolutely gorgeous women were, you know, 100% 100% naked, and then the artist would paint on the swimsuit. And he wrote about that, and, you know, he would write, he said he'd, he'd call his wife and tell her, you know, he's really busy on assignment today, as he's like yeah. sipping, sipping a Mai Tai, you know, and, and watching all this and, and interviewing them and writing about it. But this uh, Martha Stewart thing, it's just a, like it has some shock value. And the fact that we're even talking about it is a win for Sports Illustrated. Um, but yeah, uh, I, but there are like little, the, there are some individual sites that, that Sports Illustrated has kind of spider webbed into, including Bama Central, right, uh, with Chris Walsh. Uh, that, that, and Chris does an amazing job and he's done a, a great job of like betting on himself and he built up that site into what it is today. And I think uh, if you want to follow Alabama uh, in, in all things Alabama, there isn't, it's as good a place to go as any, put it that way. Um, But, you know, I I certainly don't need to read any more about Martha Stewart. Um, You know, she doesn't interest me at all. 
Uh, yeah. I don't I don't care for Martha Only Stewart. Only when she's with Snoop Dogg does she interest me. Yeah. They're funny. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, the, the swimsuit issue, um, you know, I, I think the reason it resonated uh, back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s was because it was acceptable, an acceptable form of soft porn to look at. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think th- I think that's just the bottom line. Uh, I don't know if I'd call it soft porn. It can get a little racy. Christian, in your life, has Sports Illustrated, the magazine, ever been relevant? Oh, I mean, you definitely hear about Sports Illustrated all the time. I, I know I used to hear and see about it all the time growing up and still do feel like um, it is pretty prevalent, but um, I've never been much of a magazine guy, if I'm being honest with you, uh, especially with me being younger. Um, by the time I was, uh, you know, middle school, you know, everything was so digital that, um, you know, we got our news and and whatnot from uh, websites and online. So, uh, yeah. yeah, no, I, I think, you know, the brand Sports Illustrated is still, uh, and, and Lawrence will know more, but I'm saying when I see Sports Illustrated, um it still seems prevalent but um i've just never been one to really like you know oh i've got to pay for my issue or because now i think about it growing up i mean it it, it was like uh you pay you know for to be like a monthly subscriber for them to send you a a monthly copy right is that how it worked it it was weekly oh weekly okay well see i I didn't even know that um i thought they were always monthly but I, i never wanted to pay for that stuff i remember seeing like the oh be at a bookstore or something, see a magazine, you could buy the individual magazine or sign up for subscription to send it to you <laughs> every month. But yeah, no, I've never been too much of a, of a physical copy person. And back, back, it was so popular. I mean, we had a readership of uh, over 24 million and the ad rate for a single page, if you wanted a single page ad in Sports Illustrated, it, it ran between a hundred thousand and seventy five thousand. And so, uh, wow. uh, yeah, so it, it, it generated just a, a ton of money. Like it, it made in profit, uh, north of 120 million a year. And then what happened was SI didn't believe in this thing called the internet and did not pour any resources into developing SI.com. In fact, we had teamed with CNN and it was called CNNSI.com, which confused people. I remember that. And, and um, the, the, the magazine writers felt that it was like beneath us to write for the website because it just, it, you know, it's just trash. And so, um, and so there was real friction between the website people and the magazine people. And that absolutely was sort of like the death blow because we got behind ESPN, we got behind Yahoo, uh, and it just, um, it, it spiraled downward from there. But um, and, and amazingly, the the editor who decided who made that decision to not invest in the website somehow stuck around for like 12 more years. I mean, it, it just and, and, and all of us knew it, too. It's like, what is going on here? You must have some the information on on the CEO of Time Inc. 
But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, th- th- that in a nutshell is, is what happened uh, to SI. And I-, I just don't think there's really a need to have the swimsuit issue anymore other than other than to generate, you know, uh, a discussion on and and get people to go and, and, and click on the site. I mean, I, I don't even go to the site anymore because you have to pay for it. I mean, for years, like when my old editors were there, they gave me a free uh, a free uh, uh, subscription. I mean, I put in 20 years of service. Come on. And then, and then when the Maven guys took over, they took away my subscription. So I was done. I'll tell you what, guys, when I was young, um, my parents gave me an annual subscription to Sports Illustrated. And it was one of the best presents I ever received. And I mean, the first thing I'd go run to the mailbox, I'd get it. And you open up to the to the second page, and the photographs of Sportillos, the photographers were just phenomenal. And the pictures they'd get, I think they put three or four or five at the very beginning. And then mm-hmm. Lars is a perfect example. They were such good writers, um, and really, it, the writing jumped off the page just as the illustrations did as well. Um, no, I, I do I understand. I, and I, I always can. Yep. Sorry, I was just gonna say I always contended that like the the, the writing in Sports Illustrated was as good as any uh, nonfiction writing in any genre, as good as uh, you know, in the New Yorker and 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 uh, you know other sort of intellectual magazines, because sports gives you um, sort of a more of a literary license to inject your voice into the copy in a way you can't when you are writing about news and in other forms. But as Christian mentioned, long form stories, which is what Sports Illustrated was known for, they just don't translate well to reading it on your iPhone. You know, it's hard to convince somebody to spend 20 minutes on a story scrolling through your phone. It's just, it's, it's hard to do that. And uh, and so that that has kind of been why you don't see much long form anymore. Uh, it, it, it really on 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 all sites. Um, I still love long form. I love writing long form, but um, you just it's just not very popular anymore. Uh, largely because of how we uh, how we receive our news. It's my understanding that there'll be a, a special pictorial section uh, with Dylan Mulvaney. Did y'all hear that? I did not. I'm very much making that up. Oh, I, I didn't know what you meant. I'm sorry. I lost oh, me. Oh, that's the transgender person for Bud Light. Okay, joke fails miserably. <laughs> Chris Hammond will deliver next on Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part? It's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Thank you. 
Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back on Big Noon Sports, Christian Miller, Boris Anderson, Jason, Matt Coulter, and now joined by Major League Baseball player Chris Hammond, who's a good friend of this show, was uh, with us often when Jay was the host. We're going to continue on that tradition now with Chris. And, uh, played him with the Atlanta Braves, and I know you really, really enjoyed your time there. Chris, it's been probably close to a year. How have you been, and what's going on in your life? Uh, not much. Just uh, just getting by. We just moved back from a. Um, we sold our place in Wadawi about three years ago, and then rented in Oxford and Lincoln, and now we're right outside the gate of Greystone. Well, I was just there on Sunday. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It was a that's great a weekend. Big, that's a big deal to have in your backyard, isn't it? It, it really is. I mean. It's easy to find a lot of golf balls in, in my backyard. <laughs> hey, uh, Chris, a lot of changes in Major League Baseball. Quickly go through a couple that you like and a couple you don't like. Well, I mean, the the ones that, I mean, I hate to say that that I like the, 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 the clock, the, uh, the time clock, but I wish they would kind of like – Maybe early in the game, maybe have it at twenty seconds, and then, and then after the sixth inning, move it, move it back a little bit, just because. Man, I, I remember countless times that I've, I'm standing there in the in the in the bottom of the seventh inning. I got a runner runner on second and third with one out. Man, I I need to think about this. <laughs> and I definitely don't need to look in, at, at the clock, and I got seven seconds to make a decision. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I thought I, about it, but, but it's true. But, but I mean, with with the way the guys have have kind of like made it a a circus, taking their time and 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 being both on the I mean on the mound and in the batter's box. I mean, I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad they threw a a time clock in there, but. But I, I really feel like they need to push it back a five five seconds to start to see the, the first five innings, and then after the fifth or sixth, give it another I don't know five or ten seconds. Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Chris, the, the the big big story in uh, baseball from last night, uh, and I don't know if you had a chance to see it, was uh, Aaron Judge. 
um, sort of he's in the in the batter's box uh, playing at Toronto, and you can see his eyes shifting away from the pitcher uh, out to the outfield, uh, out to uh, right field, and um, and then <laughs> once they shift back, right, he looks sideways for a moment. And then he uh, hit the ball. I think it traveled about 114, 115 miles an hour off a of right-hander Jay Jackson for a, a massive, uh, a massive home run. Now uh, the Blue Jays are saying that he was stealing signs. J- uh, Judge said that he uh, just heard a lot of chirping from our dugout, uh, and he said he didn't like that in that situation. Like he was, he was mad at his own dugout. Uh, <laughs> have you ever seen anything like this? And does the stealing of signs still go on even after the, the scandal with the, uh, the Astros a few years ago? Oh, I mean, I think there's there's always going to be trying to steal signs. And, I mean, if you can do it legally, I mean, when I was in high school, our, our third base coach, I mean, he didn't even have to still. I mean, stand out of the box, and he could see the the, the the catcher signs. I mean, it's not his fault. He didn't. But 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 where we're at today, in the last few years, I mean, I mean, there's so many ways to to steal signs, and I mean, if you can't do them on the field with with the with the players standing on the field. Um, I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of that. And I, and, and, and what, to me, what's made it so ridiculous is, I mean, the Astros did it and won the world series and they get, they get no slap on the wrist or anything. So, so what's going to stop the next guy? I mean, just like Aaron judge hit, hit that home run and they find out how he, what happened? I mean, even if he did, I'm not saying he did, but if he did, I mean, what are you going to do about it? I mean, yeah. I mean, they got they're going to have to they're going to have to throw it. I mean, use somebody as an example and 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 do something about it. And, and I don't. I mean, I just there's there's no there's no stiff penalty to stop it. Chris, you had a lengthy MLB career. Um, I know in the NFL, uh, we like to always say guys have a welcome to the league moment. You know, when you first get there, you kind of uh, have that moment where you're like, oh, crap, yep, I'm finally here. Whether, you know, you're going against somebody and you uh, you get ran over or a guy kind of, you know, uh, roughs you up a good time, you, you got to kind of uh, adjust yourself and then realize, all right, I'm here. Uh, did you have one of those moments in the MLB uh, where you kind of just – uh, you know, when you initially got there, you kind of realize, all right, I need to step it up. I'm finally here. That kind of welcome to league moment. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, many times. Uh, I mean, my my first year that I got called up was when the the Reds were on their way to win the World Series, and I mean, Lou Pinella, he's the worst manager for a a rookie to come up. I mean. I mean, I was so nervous. I mean, I, I balked like four or five times in my first 
Ken outings, and, and he'd come out there and just wear me out. And I'm like, gosh, are you kidding me? I mean, where's where's the confidence building? Uh, but it, it took it took me three years to to go into a season and going, I'm staying here. And I mean, I I, I was, I mean, I mean, I, I never took my rookie clothes off. Uh, even going into my third year, I'm thinking, man, I gotta I gotta make this team. And I, I just don't see that in today's generation where they're they're paying rookies so much money and, and, and there's no rookies anymore. There's no first year, second year guys because I mean they their bank account's so big they're going and I ain't doing that. I mean you're you're no different than me and, and I'll pay a fine. And uh I that's the that's the one thing that I I wished would would, would come back is is the younger you are, um, I mean, keep stay in your place, earn your earn your earn your respect for. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's that's just my my thoughts on uh, my have, having my wow moment or 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 a moment that I I thought I I uh, I belonged. I mean, it was like my fourth fourth year in the big leagues and i'm thinking man i had a pretty good year last year and uh, I'm, I'm not looking over my shoulder anymore i'm moving ahead and kind of following up on that uh you know with football we don't really have like a minor league system you know once you're drafted or once you're signed um you just have to go ahead and adjust and adapt and uh, make plays and show that you belong or else you're gone in mlb you know y'all have that system where y'all uh, are working in the minor leagues um, which can be a benefit, but at the same time, you know, I can only imagine uh, for guys that are stuck in the minor leagues for years and years and, and are just waiting on that moment to be called up, how difficult is it for a player um, to, to just stay the course and to stay confident in himself um, if he's sitting there waiting in the minor leagues, waiting for that call and it just seems like it's never going to come? How difficult is it for a guy to really stay the course um, while he's waiting on that moment? It, it, it's a tragedy. And and I, I mean, in the, in the past ten years, I mean, parents are like, "What do you think, Chris? What do you think about my son?" I mean, giving it a shot. I go, I mean, it's up to him. I mean, if he can get a if he can get a big signing bonus, that's a that's a blessing, because I've seen countless numbers of of guys who thought they were going to make it, and they're going to give it one more shot, and then and then. One year leads to six years, and and then and then their eighth year they they didn't make it, and now they got to go back to wherever they live and just settle for. Now they're eight years behind everybody else, and they're probably in their thirty years old, and or or maybe even above. And it's just it's a it's a great dr- dream, and if you can make it. It, it, there's, to me, there's not a better job in the world to be, play Major League Baseball and get paid millions of dollars to do it. But less than 1% of every kid that ever tries it makes it. So 99% of every kid that that, that starts that journey out is not going to make it. And it's, I mean, it's hard. And then, and then you, you get the guys who get called up for... Because somebody got hurt, and then after ten days, 
it gets sent back down, and now they they have the, the taste of it, but they never make it again. Ugh. Oh, and having that minor league system, I mean, just like you were saying, it, it, it it's a great way to, to get your feet wet, and then if you have a chance, you can jump up to the major leagues and have a great career, or... I mean, just like like I said, ninety nine percent of of the guys who who start that journey, they never make it. Uh, Chris, you are uh, very very generous and active with your foundation, golf tournaments, and all that. Can you give us an update on that and how people can follow up um, and follow Chris Hammond and get more details on how they can help out? Because I know you are a very very faith driven man, and it shows. Oh yeah, well I I love helping people out and and uh, I was I was fortunate enough that that God put me in Wadawi, Alabama, and uh, He opened my eyes to to what underprivileged kids throughout the I mean I guess throughout the our in the world I mean they they've they're growing up with with very little and they've accepted it and uh, and when I went when I moved to Wadawi, Alabama, I. I mean, I was blown away at how little sports-wise. I mean, that I was no, I, that I noticed that the kids in the in the underprivileged areas had, and so me and my wife started decided to start the Chris Hammond Youth Foundation to help underprivileged kids throughout the really the South and in uh, in in better in their life in any way we can. And our first our first goal is to to help them get excited about sports. So. Uh, um, Chris Salmon, youthfoundation.com is our website and our, our golf, our big golf tournament is, uh, November the 6th, 5th and 6th or 6th and 7th, um, right here at Greystone. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. We'll do it again later on in the season. Appreciate your contributions as always. Anytime. Thank you guys. You bet. All right. Bye-bye. Uh, Chris Hammond, who played at UAB and, uh, He's a pretty good hitter. Uh, I think chance he could have gone one of two directions there when it comes to Major League Baseball. All right, let's take a break. A little behind in my business. We'll be back with more Big Noon Sports brought to you by Haley Sansing Union Home Mortgage. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. This is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A mix of sun and clouds this afternoon, scattered showers and storms around through tonight. The high today, 89, the low tonight, 66. The weather not as hot tomorrow, partly sunny. A few spots could see a passing shower or storm. The high at 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 85 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back on Big Noon Sports, Lars. Hey, Lars, let's, uh, and, and Christian, let's run just this final segment a little bit more on the Aaron Judge deal. Um, I, I think there's uh, some traction to this. I think maybe he picked up a sign or two. If he got it by using electronics and all that, like Chris Hamlin's saying, that's absolute B. But you can steal a sign um, on the field. Again, as Chris said, I'm sorry, guys. I'm okay with that. Just don't cheat. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess there will, will be an investigation into this. I I, I don't know. Um, you know, it, it, it's just uh, it was such a huge shot off center field. I think it went 462. It did. And, um, and uh, in, uh, apparently – um right after judge launched the the home run off of a uh, reliever uh, uh Jay Jackson uh one of the announcers um uh like let's say Jackson so Jackson told the Toronto Sun that when he got back to the dugout he said he was told by another of the coaches Man, you are going to be uh, a word for pissed. Uh, you're you're going to be upset when you see the video. Uh, they're tipping pitches, and so the the at bat took place in the eighth. And uh, the Blue Jays announcers they wondered right away if Judge's looks meant that he was uh, seeing signs, seeing the signs from uh, the catcher Alejandro Kirk, and uh, the Blue Jays manager. He also was suspicious. Um, and, uh, and I think, uh, Schneider, um, he was late to his post-game media availability. That's the Blue Jays manager. And I think he was, uh, reviewing judges plate appearance and he did then told the media like that it was kind of odd. He's looking in that direction for a reason and we're going to dive into it, uh, tomorrow, meaning today to make sure we're doing everything we can to make ourselves, uh, uh, susceptible to make ourselves so that we're not sus- not susceptible to tendencies. Um, but yeah, it, it did look weird. Um, uh, Christian, I'll, I'll go to you first, and then Matt. Christian, what what did you think of it? Um, I didn't personally see it, but I will just compare. It. Like I do everything else with football. Um, if he's seen it uh, just with his own eye. I don't really have a problem with it. I look at, you know, in football games, hell, if we're listening to a cadence or we're picking up on vocal checks or uh, any language or lingo that they're using that is, is you know, tipping off some of their tendencies, we're going to use that. Everybody does that. I mean, that's pretty common, right? Or if I'm looking over their sideline, I see a coach, 
doing a signal um, and it's tipping off some of their tendencies, then all right, we 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 picked up on that. I mean, they were, you know what I'm saying. As long as we're not using technology or anything right. to 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 cheat or to really gain an advantage, that's where I draw the line. But if it's something that you're observing with your eyes on the field or you're just looking over, I mean. Yeah, probably in a perfect world, you wouldn't even do that. But everybody does that. Um, so I don't necessarily have a problem with it if it's on that basis. But if it's anything further in terms of, you know, they're using technology or, or the organization is going above and beyond trying to get this uh, ahead of the game. You know what I mean? I think that then that's where I draw the line and have an issue with it. Um, we, we did it all the time. If, if you're not smart enough right. to figure yeah. out signals that people can't pick up, then you deserve what you get. Yeah, if, if anything, you're you're out of the norm if you don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody looks for some type of advantage. I'll guarantee you if he was picking up something, that Blue Jays were probably trying to pick up something too. So uh, that's a part of baseball, but don't give me electronics in somebody's helmet or on their body. Like Jose Altuve. Hey, uh, we got an entire hour to go. More of Big Noon Sports coming up. The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Ann thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good until she got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Good Feet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. probably seen their clothing around town on game days but check out christopher mobley on the strip it's luxury game day apparel redefined it's the only place in town where you can find todd hoops apparel clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur golf enthusiast and athleisure fanatic they've got peter millar viore grayson and mizzenamain and if you haven't tried the mizzenamain dress shirts you've got to you can find them at 1410 university boulevard on the strip also they've got a great e-commerce site at christophermobley.shop so check out christopher mobley luxury game day apparel redefined Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, ETA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of RR Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street, across from the home two suites. Come down to RR and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around, and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world renowned cigar and spirit destination the children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha i was always on my feet it was just so painful elisa couldn't let her students down so she stepped up and went to the good feet store for personally fitted arch supports i would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day that was when i knew wow these are different but the really good part it's good to be dancing together again stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com in Birmingham, Alabama. 
We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Show is presented by Haley Union Home Mortgage. Thanks for joining us for hour number two here. Guys, an announcement I don't think really surprises anyone was released, I guess, yesterday or early this morning when I read it, uh, is that uh, game two for Alabama, which is hosting the Longhorns of Texas, will be the primetime game on ESPN at 6 o'clock. Uh, that doesn't surprise me, but it did offer the chance to try and pull the crystal ball out. Um, Alabama will be favored, but I don't think by very much just Christian, first of all, in quarterbacks, they've got Ewers and we don't know what Alabama has. Yeah. And Ewers is a really good player. I mean, he gave Alabama fits last year, um, before he went down with an injury in that game. And, uh, I think a lot of people would agree that they, they don't know how that game would have turned out, uh, if he stayed healthy for the entirety of it. Um, but, that, that's besides the fact. But, look, they're coming to Alabama. I think Alabama is going to play a much better game this time around because they're in their home stadium. They have that home field advantage. Um, you're not on the road in a hostile environment in, in, in Texas. So um, definitely going to be a really good matchup, and I'm excited for it. Christian, this is a, another one of my hypothetical questions that's impossible to answer. But generally speaking, home field advantage is worth three points in the eyes of Las Vegas. As a player, would you agree that home field is worth about three? I had no idea that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's kind of cool to learn. Um, uh, let me think about it. Three points. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't even know how to how to tra- how to how to translate that or convert that. I, I, I mean, I, I definitely feel like it's worth something if it's three or seven or six. I don't know if I'm being completely honest with you, Lars. That's, yeah. that's very no, tough for me to it's answer. A, it's a tough one. I've always wanted to ask a player that. Um, yeah, no, no sure. it's, it's interesting. I, I never thought of it. Um, I just don't know how to really put a gauge on it. I think it's definitely worth something. I think three is fair. I think three is definitely fair. Um, the, the, I've always just looked at it as, look, when you're playing at home, your offense doesn't have to deal with that crowd noise that's deafening where they, they, they hardly can communicate. There's, you cut down on the undisciplined uh, pre-snap penalties with the false starts and the you know pre-snap movement and just people not being on the same page. Um, so if anything, yeah, I mean, I, I would say at least three points at the bare minimum because those things really add up, right? I mean, those penalties are costly. You're talking about, I mean, you could be driving down the field, you're kind of in that you know, 30 yard uh, range and, you know, you're borderline about going for, you know, a touchdown. The next thing you know, you have a penalty, you create third and long. Now you're setting up for a field goal instead of, you know, keep continuing the drive and having the ability to score. So that alone right there 
seven to three points would be a four point swing. So that's what I mean. I think at least three points. Um, but I can tell you, there's definitely um, a lot that goes into home field advantage. Uh, I don't think people really understand how big it is to play at home versus on the road. Um, there's just so much. Uh, it's more difficulties and, and obstacles when you're on the road, especially in a very hostile environment. Um, so I'd, I mean, obviously anybody would, but I'd much rather play at home if I'm, you know, worrying about winning a football game. But I'll be honest, as a defender, I enjoyed going on the road. I loved playing on the road. I loved that crowd noise. I loved silencing the crowd. I loved that that the hostility from the fans. They got me going. But again, I'm a defender. So it's a little bit different. I'm not a quarterback or I'm not on offense where it's, they're going to feel it the, the most and hear it the most, and it's really going to disrupt them. I don't care about that. I mean, I, I want it loud when I'm playing, right? Because, I mean, as a my identity as a football player was I was always a very smart guy. So I already knew what I was doing. I didn't necessarily need somebody reminding me what to do. I, if anything, I was the one telling everybody else what to do. Um, so the, the noise didn't really affect me. Now, it obviously affected other positions, but – I embraced it and I enjoyed it because it really yeah. got me going. You know, Jay always said that he uh, preferred playing on the road. Um, nothing against like Alabama fans, but he just he loved like just the uh, camaraderie, the intense com- camaraderie you feel with your teammates going into a hostile environment and the feeling you get when you shut up uh, uh, the, that crowd um and just the uh the challenge of it and i don't know like i'm also wondering especially in the nfl like when you have to make uh say you you are um you know in charlotte and you got to go out to la for a game and your body clock's a little messed up right you're going from east coast time to west coast three hour difference is that a big deal uh, in the NFL, uh, uh, doing those cross-country trips? Because um, I know you really don't make those as much in the in, in college football. And when you do, it's typically for a playoff game, uh, and then you have more time to just sort of acclimate. But in the NFL, is it a big deal uh, going cross-country for a road game? Uh, yes and no. So when you do go cross country, you leave a, an extra day earlier. So you leave you leave two days in advance um, instead of one. So that you have an extra day to kind of get acclimated and adjust. Uh, but it's it still is difficult. You know, uh, I mean, we went and played San Francisco, and we left two days earlier. But it, it, it you know was an adjustment. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't as bad as as you might think. But it definitely it wasn't the easiest. Um, but, yeah, you at least get two days, I would say, um, to kind of help your body adjust. But definitely, it's not the worst, but it's definitely not the easiest. Hey, Christian, we all know the obvious effect of uh, being on the road, another team crowd on the offense. Does it make a difference on defense? Well, like I was saying, yeah. Oh, well, like I was saying, I mean, it. I, it fired me up. I like when it's loud. Um, but typically how it goes is when they so when you're on the road, your offense is going to, they're, they're going to be loud as hell when the offense is on the field. And then obviously they'll try to quiet down when their home offense is on the field. So that means when us as defenders are on the field, it's sometimes a little more quiet. 
Um, except, you know, there's some situations where they're still going to be, you know, excited and rowdy, even though, you know, they probably would want to be a little more quiet. That way their offense can operate and not have to deal with those distractions. Um, but to answer your question, um, there's probably sometimes where it's a little, you know, difficult, but realistically, you have bigger challenges at home as a, uh, as a defense because, you know, everybody, they're, you're telling the fans to get loud on third down. Like, you've been to the games. You see, like, on the big jumbotron, it's on third down. Everybody's getting real loud. So that's when we have our biggest challenges in terms of communicating because that's just loud for us at home. But, again, if you're prepared, you know what you're doing, and you're not having to rely on the people next to you to tell you what to do, which is one of the worst things in the world, um, is when you're trying to get lined up. And, like, for instance, like, we're in our third down package. Right. I used to play the buck, which is like a move around guy. So I would mug up in the A gaps. Sometimes I'm dropping, sometimes I'm coming. Similar to what you see with that cheetah package, except there's only two of us instead of three with the cheetah package. And um, but if to give you an, a comparison, what Dallas Turner would line up and do in the cheetah package is kind of what our buck was when I was playing. So I'd be moving around mugged up. And so I'm already if, if I'm mugged up in the A gap and I'm having to drop out on a fire zone, and I'm having to go underneath number two, I'm having to read and, and look pre-snap kind of what my coverage responsibility is going to be. If you got somebody out there that doesn't know what they're doing, I got a defensive tackle, like, hey, what do I have on this? What do I have on this? It, it, it's just, uh, it, 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 that's when it gets really uh, confusing because you're trying to help him and also worry about you. What I'm getting at is at home is when the defense typically would have a little more conflict and then on the on the road is when the offense would have some more conflict. But that's a good question. There is some challenges on the road for defenses. But like I said, if, if you're anything like me as a defender, you like, or even Jay as a quarterback, which is surprising to hear that, uh, you like that loud environment because it just, there's something about like a really loud crowd, right? Like it's just like, and then you're kind of like, it's like you're in a dome, right? Like, and then like everybody's loud. You can't, I mean, it, and you're so locked in, but you still hear that crowd noise. Then you make a big play. Like you just, get, I, I mean, I, I get just excited even thinking about it. It's like, I even like, like coming up with a big sack. Like, I mean, when I sat Kyler Murray in that orange bowl, I mean, the place is lit up. And like, that's why my celebration, I just was like yelling. <laughs> like, I just remember, I just was like, just, I had so much emotion. Cause this is, man, there's no better feeling, at least to me as a defender. Yep. You did it very well. Just ask Kyler. Guys, uh, have you been <laughs> keeping up uh, with the PGAs coming up this week? And um, I guess that's, Lars, does it stir emotion between Liv and PGA all over again? I don't know. Uh, I, I find this story tiresome, to Me frankly. Too. And then I, I think most uh, people who follow golf um, have moved on. And uh, it's the golf reporters. It's like, you know, when you cover a sport, you get trapped in the bubble, right? I mean, that happens in NASCAR where uh, you, you, you get trapped in this bubble where the only thing that matters is what's happening in that sport. Like there is no outside world. There's no... Uh, um, you know, uh, Prince, <laughs> there's no there, there, there's no stories that matter other than what's going on. Like we used to joke that the only president that mattered in the NASCAR bubble was Brian France, not George Bush. Right. <laughs> like it, it, it just because it, nothing mattered. 
And so you lose perspective. And so reporters aren't necessarily reporting on things that the fans want to hear about. They're reporting on things which they view as important, but that view is skewed because they're in the bubble. And that's what I think is happening right now with the, these golf writers. Like they, they just, it's, it's such a big deal between, there's such friction and animosity inside the bubble that they're writing about it. But outside, I just, it's my sense, and I'm an avid golf fan. Like I've moved on. I don't want to hear about it anymore. I just don't. I don't care. Um, it, it, it's it's getting to the point where, um, you know, like it's just a bunch of like uh, spoiled rich guys uh, arguing. <laughs> you know what I mean, Matt? And, and yeah. you're familiar with the NASCAR bubble, but I think that that bubble exists in all sports. And it exists in, in D.C., right? It's, you know, that's what inside the Beltway is all about. It's like it, <laughs> you, you lose perspective when you're covering politics. And uh, um, um, uh, Luke Russert, the, the son of uh, Tim Russert, used to host Meet the Press. He just wrote a terrific book about how, you know, his dad passed away and, and uh, and and one day, the uh, Luke was a in working for NBC, and one day it was, um, gosh, it, it was a, a Republican majority leader of the House. Uh, can't remember his name, but he called him into called Luke into his office, and he's just like, "What are you doing? You're 26 years old. Go live life." And and sure enough, like Luke just he quit a dream job at NBC traveled the world, tried to find himself and and experience life outside of the Beltway and just wrote a terrific memoir and book about it. And uh, and I think it's called like Finding Myself. But um, and, and it's just, I wish more people would do that in our profession, uh, Matt, because it's, it's just so easy to lose sight of what's really important and what people want to actually read about and hear about. Agree 100%. Uh, there are a couple of uh, live golf notes, uh, particularly some strange programming concerning the CW. We'll talk about that and uh, got some other stuff, some crazy deal at the Dollar General and uh, Pritchard. I got to touch on that too on Big Noon Sports. More Big Noon Sports coming up. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. This is Reagan, owner of r Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around 
around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A mix of sun and clouds this afternoon, scattered showers and storms around through tonight. The high today, 89, the low tonight, 66. The weather not as hot tomorrow, partly sunny. A few spots could see a passing shower or storm. The high at 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 83 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Ash up the stairs. You might want to check on it. Back on Big Ten Sports. Kind of let my personal life get in the way here for just a second. There was a bolt of lightning. Lars and I don't live far at all from each other. Uh, especially as the crow flies. But Lars, I thought that was going to take my roof off. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, now Old Testament-style rain outside of my window. Uh, this weather is just crazy. And um, already, like, I'm just looking out my office window, and uh, my neighbor had about a 40-pound branch just fall in the middle of his yard. I remember when I bought my house, uh, my, my ex-mother-in-law said i sure hope a tree doesn't fall on your house uh and i was like oh thank you i appreciate that um but yeah uh it's incredible weather <laughs> the uh the first house i ever bought i was uh in date well i was closing on it but i was in daytona covering the 500 and i got a call from the realtor and said well, before we close on your house, we got to get rid of this tree that went through your master bedroom. <laughs> because before I even moved in, the house had already been damaged. I don't know why I thought about that. <clears throat> but but anyway, back to uh, Live Golf. Did you guys see, uh, and Joe sent this on our text thread too, that even in Tulsa, Cedar Ridge, where the golf tournament was being played, their window ended as far as television is concerned. And... Most of the stations didn't keep carrying it. They went to, what is it, the Goldbergs? They went to some shampoo uh, infomercials. Your product's not real strong when your local affiliates are dropping it for something, you know. <laughs> some of these, was it Murder, She Wrote or something? Some of the places, uh, the shows that they put on. Um, I don't imagine Live Golf's very fond of that. Yeah, um, uh, like I said, I, I, I just, uh, I, I honestly just haven't been paying that much attention, Matt, to this to the story. Um, and the course was not in very good shape. And uh, then, I think the uh, two weeks ago in Australia they were playing, and uh, I think fans and some of the players alike kind of trashed the nineteenth hole while they were there. Um, all that being said, here's another story. Is I'm just kind of pulling them out of the hat here. There's a Dollar General in Pritchard, Alabama, that had a fire the other day, and someone had gone in and torched all the Alabama gear. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, that's just 
what motivates a person to do something like that? I, I guess it uh, kind of goes in the same vein as uh, what's his name Hyde that Harvey is it Harvey update? Yeah, he poisoned the trees at uh, Tumor's Corner. Something wrong with people like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, I do think. There is out of control fans everywhere, and and a few really uh, particularly crazy ones have I think uh, given Alabama a uh, sort of a, a bad rap, so to speak. Um, and but you know, I've been to sporting events, cover sporting events all over the country, and and there's. There's out of control, uh, boorish behavior everywhere. And the last NFL game I went to, right, just as a fan uh, in Nashville, I like made a vow. I was never going to take my kids to an NFL game because the the level of drunkenness was uh, as high as I'd ever seen in a sport at a sporting event. And um, it just uh, it wouldn't be a proper place for a child. And I did see uh, some, you know, children there. And uh, I I, I don't know why NFL games seem to be worse than uh, college games, but they are. I I don't know. I mean, Christian, you're obviously a player. You're down in the field. So you probably don't notice it. But in the stands, I, I would argue that the NFL is a, a far more potentially dangerous and violent area than the stands at a college football game. Would you agree, Matt? Uh, it's been a long time since I've been an actual fan at an NFL game. But, you know, these people party hard. And then they get very, very loud and very vocal. And I'm not so sure these days that I would take my, now would be grandchildren, their age. I don't think I'd take them to an NFL game for sure. And I'm absolutely positive I wouldn't take them to an NBA game. Because those people are right on the floor, uh, right down. And it amazes me now. And, And guys, I'm not painting myself as a choir boy here. But it amazes me what foul language people use in just every day walking down the aisle at the grocery store and in front of people and at people and in front of their own children. So I don't know how we got into this conversation, but now um, it's it's worth looking into because it's it, it's hard. What do you do, Christian? Now, you don't know this because you've always been on the field. What would you do if you had children or you were just sitting there with my children? And some guy was really, really intoxicated and was yelling expletive after expletive. Because this day and age, you're kind of afraid, at least I am, to approach these people because you don't know how they're going to react. You don't know what they have in their pocket. Yeah, uh, I think personally, I mean, I would uh, try to address it respectfully um, and just try to handle it that way. But the issue is when people are intoxicated or you know, indulging in that type of behavior is it's hard sometimes even get to them. And uh, I've just learned it's best sometimes for me just to remove myself from situations, not even to fool people. Um, Just because 
people get a lot of courage with, with when they when they take when they partake in that liquid uh, as an alcohol. Yeah, and liquid them, courage, baby. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I, there'll be situations where I, if I'm out and about, and, and I don't really drink, but I have people kind of talk to me all type of way or crazy, and I'm like. I know damn well you would not be speaking like that if you were not drinking right now. You and your right mind would not be talking like that. So it's sometimes just best to sound like, you know what, it's not even worth it. But that leads me to, to my question with you guys. What's y'all's thoughts on, uh, like you mentioned, the fans sitting courtside at NBA games? What's your thoughts on them chirping to the players? I see that a lot in the NBA, not as much the NFL. I don't think they're quite as close, but what are your thoughts on? Fans being able to, you know, you know, jar LeBron and Kyrie. You see it a lot with Kyrie Irving, and probably just because he's the one always responding. I think guys like LeBron, they kind of ignore it. Um, but I feel like we're seeing more and more of players getting fans thrown out. Um, have y'all seen that? And what are your thoughts? Yeah. On you think you think they need to, to, to address it or change something um, to try to prevent that? Or you think it's just going to happen? I think the standard should be if you are willing to say what you're saying to uh, a player while standing one-on-one outside uh, the stadium, then go ahead and say it. But if you aren't willing to say do that, then uh, then don't say it. I, and, and really, I, I think it should be like good-natured fun not just these personal yeah, more like insults. a Spike Lee. Remember Spike Lee and Miller? Yeah. I know that got tippy <clears throat> occasionally, but that was sometimes in, they would make each other laugh. Yeah. No, it was in good na- it was, it was good nature. We see yeah. this is verbal attacks on players and Christian and, and, my answer is that you if they're cursing, if they're um <clears throat> too insulting I'd remove them, but I think some of these people, and maybe there's you know justification. Some of these people said, "Well, I paid seven thousand dollars for this seat. I can yell whatever I want." No, you got to keep the balance yeah. of the taste in mind. Yeah, that's what makes it tricky, though. Is that the, you're right. I mean, the cost that they're paying for those seats is not cheap. So to an extent, even as an athlete, I do understand. Like, all right, they are paying a lot of money. However. I, I'm kind of where Lars is, right? Like, depending on what they're saying, meaning, like, I, I think we had an incident with LeBron at my thrown out, and I think he was saying they were being very disrespectful and saying, I don't know if it was necessarily threatening, but some very uh, offensive things towards, like, his children or family. That is, is inexcusable, but Absolutely. I guess you're, yeah, and I, but I guess you're right. If, if they're sitting there and they're telling you, oh, you, you can't make a free throw, or you can't, I, I mean, that's fair, and I think I don't think these players are getting these fans thrown out for that stuff. I think it's when it gets a little too personal. That would be probably my issue is, I mean, I, I would I would take offense if I'm trying to, you know, play. And, again, I'm, I'm used to I mean, I remember we played at LSU. I feel like those fans are real close, and they're yelling at all the guys that were from Louisiana, yelling their name, trying to get their attention and, you know, really try to get under their skin. Um but, you know, it, it wasn't anything like, oh, you know, naming personally their their mother and wishing harm. or it, That, to me, is where you draw the line. Oh, man. That's, that's my perspective. Yeah. No class. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And, you know, once you – I mean, you'll have guys – I mean, it's so easy for fans who, again, have had a, a few too many – 
just get on uh, get on their phones, look into the background of a player, find out that you know their mother passed away five years ago, right? And then then go after them in that fashion, which is totally hundred percent uncalled for, right? And if I was a player, I would stop and and just just stop. I would stop the game and just tell the referee that that guy needs to go and explain what happened. And I, and, and frankly, I wish I wish like security guards would be more proactive in issuing a warning and then if, uh, issue one warning and then uh, if it continues, you're gone. I mean, I think there needs to be uh, less tolerance of that sort of behavior. You well, know, they're afraid and, to say anything to the person, you know? Yeah. You know, back back when I was a kid, if somebody got out of, you know, what anything for my father to go over there and say, hey, can you just kind of lighten it up? And, you know, it was a village. Everybody looked out for everybody else's kids. That, that doesn't happen today. Wow. Do, we, do uh, you remember? We go over to the well, Timmy. Do you remember when Ron Artest went into the stands um, and uh, because a guy had thrown something at him? Yes. Do you remember that, Matt? Yes. Did you think that our test yep. had some legitimate gripe there? Uh, and do, do you think he was like 100% out of line? You know, boy, I'm really going to weenie out on a, on a hard answer here. I'd just kind of like to know what happened before. If he, if the yeah. man had been warned and he continued, our test just finally got tired of it. I don't know that to be the case, but but I do think, as as much as I detest the idea of fans that just really say rude, crude, untruthful things to the players, I, I detest the idea <clears throat> of a player going into the stands too. I, I think you know. You got to keep it. Well, in didn't mind. they pour like beer or something? Or am I? Is that? A yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah, beer. It's like if we poured a beer. Yeah. He poured a beer on him, and uh, and our test. Unfortunately, I think he went after the. He didn't see it, and he may have gone after the wrong person. I I, I need to. I'd have to go back and 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 look at it, but. Um, but look, I mean, that's just that's degrading, though. I mean, you pour beer yeah. or popcorn on somebody, I'll be honest with you. Somebody did that to me. I, I it, even as, as responsible and mature as I like to think I am, I, I'll be honest, that would be hard not to react if I just if someone's just throwing, you know, food yeah. and drink like to me, that's just degrading. Now, obviously, I, I think I'd probably hold my cool a little bit more than going to the stands and physically beating fans up, but it, that it would be very difficult to say the least. You remember the stories about Ty Cobb? In fact, they shot a scene at Rickwood Field where uh, Ty Cobb went into the stands and beat up a guy that only had one arm. Do y'all remember that story? Oh, wow. No, I don't. No. (laughs) Ty Cobb was one rude Georgia peach. All right. But, boy, could he hit. Uh, When we get back, we'll continue with more. Note on the Braves back on the winning track. We'll talk about that. And more as you listen to Big Name Sports. This is Big Noon Sports with Lars, Matt, and Christian. 
The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of r Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to r and and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Sports, Matt, Mars, Joe, Christian. We are all here wrapping up this rainy edition of the show because uh, it has uh, really been pelting it here in Bur- the Birmingham area anyway. Hey, I wanted to add one more note when I was talking about Ty Cobb. I think you guys have probably read or maybe even seen the movie. All of the baseball uh, parts of that movie were filmed at Rickwood. Uh, in fact, I was actually the uh, right fielder for the 1919 Philadelphia Athletics. Do you know that? Um, I was an extra is what I'm saying. Uh, but uh, <laughs> they recreated that moment where Cobb got aggravated at a fan and went into the stands and beat him up. And the guys, you know, he only had one arm. But now that I'm thinking about it, and I'm trying to confirm it by looking all over the Internet. But I believe Jimmy Buffett played the man. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not kidding. Wow. Because after that day of shooting, they rolled a, an 18 wheeler flatbed out into the infield, and they and Buffett played for just the actors and the extras and the crew. That's just kind of guy Buffett is. So, I just thought I would uh, add that little bit of useless trivia to your lives today, guys. Do y'all have any? <laughs> No, but I feel like every day I learn something new from you, Matt. So I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I think I, it's always positive. I don't think I've, I'm always a good influence. I've never seen uh, Jimmy Buffett. Not a not a real Buffett guy, but I know people are very pr- passionate about him. Uh, yeah, the Coral Reefer Band and um, Buffett Heads. Uh, yeah, you're. I don't think there's a lot of gray area. You're really into him, or then you're just not. 
But uh, parrot heads, thank you, Karen. Uh, she just told me what they call the call the Buffett followers. So I don't know if I'd rather be a parrot head or a dead head. I think you'd probably <laughs> be a dead head, Lars. Yes, I uh, I still am a deadhead, and um, I uh, been to several been to several uh, dead shows. Uh, went when uh, Jerry Garcia was still alive, and uh, just had had a great time. A great time. Um, very. I don't know. It's it's probably not our audience, but uh, it's just uh, it was just a great communal atmosphere. And uh, you see things at dead shows that you don't see anywhere else, Matt. Uh, that's what I've been told. I've never been. But I have two very, very dear friends that go together. Not so much now that they're older. And I think their last count was 54. <laughs> <laughs> 54 times to see the Grateful Dead. Yeah, uh, I'm a big Pearl Jam person. And um, <laughs> not long ago, someone told me, yeah, you're oh, so you like Pearl Jam. So you're like every other dude your age. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess so. True. <laughs> true. All right, as long as we're just all over the road today, would you guys go see Taylor Swift? Of course, 100 percent. Yes. Are you right there with me, Christian? Um, I'll be honest. I'm not too much of a concert person in general. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, if I had a group of friends going, I, I would go. Um, wouldn't be opposed, I guess, but it definitely wouldn't be uh on top of my list of things I, I want to do. Um, she interrupted her own song at a concert the other day to scold a security officer, which she, in her eyes, saw as being extremely rude to some of the fans that had paid to be up front. And she stopped in the middle of the song, said, leave her alone. <laughs> uh, man, that's that's backing up your fans there. But, uh, <laughs> what else do we have uh, on Atlanta came back after, uh, man, they got swept by the Blue Jays. The last night they pounded the Rangers 12 to nothing. So it's good to see them getting back on on their winning tracks. But uh, there are several stories in baseball, and leading back to the one we talked about earlier about Aaron Judge, I'm going to have to go back and look at that several times and maybe even slow it down because I have questions about the angle and where he was cutting his eyes and how he could be getting a signal. Um, well, it, it looked like he was he was gazing. So he's a right-hander, and he's gazing to his right. Uh, he, he looks really quick. And he could have been looking at somebody in the dugout uh, and who would have given him a sign of what pitch was coming. Uh, but that person from the dugout would have gotten the information right from somebody somewhere else. Third base coach. The third base coach. Yeah. So it's Maybe. yeah, it, it's almost like you're uh, triangulating the, the, the information. Now, Judge said again that that the the players in the dugout were 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 his his word his word was chirping, and that they were making noise while he was at bat, and it was annoying him. And um, but but also you know 
it was as as one of our producers. I'm sorry, I forget who did it, but uh, pointed out over our text thread, it was a hanging curveball in the middle of the plate. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like Judge hasn't blasted one of those uh, over the center field fence before. Um, but yeah, uh, but hey, a larger question to you, Matt, about Aaron Judge. Do you think he is the best offensive player in the game today? Uh, you know, maybe so. And I'm still amazed, and I don't really like this, but then it's part of the game. I'm still amazed how many times he gets challenged. You know, sometimes I got a base open. I'm not going to risk a 456-foot bomb. Um, and I just kind of got off on a detour there. But um, it, Trout's very good. Uh, oh, oh, Shani is very good. Um but, I mean, if, as far as a power hitter, I think he's the best in the game right now. I don't know. I'd have to look him up. What He doesn't usually hit for average, does he? Uh, I think he's like a 300 hitter. I mean, it's uh, let me – I can double-check that here in a second. Um, We're going to check out a lot of this stuff and roll into the break. When we come back, we'll find out what Aaron he's, – He's hitting 274 right now. That's okay. That's really pretty good for a power hitter. Real good. In fact, I think one of the most amazing things, great stat here. Henry Aaron had 755 home runs. To me, he's still the home run king. But you can take away all those home runs, and he still had over 3,000 hits. Let that kind of melt in as far as what kind of player Henry, the hammer Aaron, was. Back with more and uh, a wrap to this Tuesday edition of Big Men Sports. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. A decent home base in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, ETA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. 
Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A mix of sun and clouds this afternoon. Scattered showers and storms around through tonight. The high today, 89. The low tonight, 66. The weather not as hot tomorrow. Partly sunny. A few spots could see a passing shower or storm. The high at 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 86 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hey, back on Big News. Uh, brought to you by Haley Sanson of Union Home Mortgage. Appreciate her support in this program. And those of you that are uh, listening, thank you as well. Uh, I did f- officially look it up, and Jimmy Buffett was the one-armed guy in Cobb. So I know everybody was really waiting on confirmation. So I thought I would make that true right up. And, Lars, you did establish that Aaron Judge is hitting 277. 274. 274. Okay. <laughs> so no better sport uh, stat-wise than baseball. His, his career average in the in the bigs is 283. Man, that's strong for a guy that hits that much. To be honest with you, I didn't think he hit for averages much, but um, that's pretty darn good. And by the way, um, sometimes I don't think even on TV you can grasp this. But Aaron Judge is an NFL tight end. Yeah. Have you looked at him, Christian? The man's mammoth. Oh, yeah. He, no, hey, he, he, was, he hit 311 last year. Sorry. Real <laughs> As the MVP. He would, be, uh, he would be outstanding on the football field. Honestly, if he lined up at tight end, he would just be a mismatched nightmare. I mean, with his, his height and length and size. Um, I, mean, I think he would be a great football player, but – you're obviously, you know, one of the best baseball players. He did the right thing. Don't blame him one bit. Uh, I don't necessarily know the total baseball takes. I'm sure it wears his shoulders out and probably some other things, but definitely not as much as football. So I think he made the right choice. <laughs> what about LeBron James? What position would you put him at? Uh, I mean, again, probably tight end. I mean, LeBron's, what, 6'8"? 250 pounds, yeah, I mean, I definitely would say tight end. Uh, I know, you know, athletically, he obviously would destroy DBs, you know, on the jump balls, 50-50 balls. And, no kidding. You know, he, yeah, I mean, you look at his vertical jump, right? Um, I would say tight end. I, I want I want to see – see, the thing about putting these type of guys at tight end, at, you know, they, they, they'd be responsible for blocking as well. And that's the only thing. I'm trying to imagine them having to put their hand in the dirt and, and blocking a, a defensive end that's in the six technique. In the NFL, those, those six techniques are big physical guys, right? I mean, we see Aaron Donald sometimes line up at that position. Um, so I, that, that'd be my only thing is would they be able to withstand the power and force of some of those NFL defensive ends that are uh, just massive, strong uh, individuals? But, yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, receivers at that position – Oh, I think they'd be just as good as uh, some of the best in the game. 
Um, and maybe just as good as these R supports that I'm wearing. And, you know, I got to give a shout out to my good friends over at the Good Feet store. If you're in Tuscaloosa, head on over to Midtown Village right now to the Good Feet store. Let them get your custom art supports fitted on you. It's try before you buy. You've got nothing to lose. If you like them, which I know you will, you can leave that very same day. Again, that's Good Feet in Midtown Village or go to goodfeet.com to schedule an appointment. That's Good Feet, improving the quality of people's lives two feet at a time. Lars, what do you think? Do you think they'd have successful NFL careers or Matt? Oh. Either one of y'all. What do y'all think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think tied in. I mean, I think I think Antonio Gates, right? Um, but uh, oh, yeah. um, I don't know. Like, can you be too tall to play football? <laughs> See, I'm serious. That's a great, look, that's a great look. So that's a great, a great point question. because football is a game of leverage. And one of the basic fundamentals that you're taught when you're a young football player is pad level. It's all about leverage. They always say pads under their pads or eyes under eyes. You always want to be the, they say the lowest man wins. They used to preach that all the time in park ball. And it's true, whether you're the running back or the linebacker going to make the tackle, the lowest man usually wins that battle. Um, so it is difficult for very tall football players. I will say that um, if you're a defensive end and you're a tall guy, um, it's it's very common for you to play with very high pad level. And you 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 learn quickly that you should not do that because it leaves your chest exposed. You don't have as much power. And these offensive linemen who are already heavier and stronger than you, um, it gives them the upper hand. So, Lars, that's actually a great point. Um, they have, have to learn of, uh, how to play low. Uh, uh, Calais Campbell, right? He's six eight. Uh, yeah. he, he and he plays your. Did, you may have even. Did you? No, he didn't play at. Uh, he didn't play I, with you. I played him in the NFL. I played yeah. against him. I mean, it just it seems a rarity for a guy that tall to be a D end. Yeah, and he's honestly a little more of an interior defensive line. He plays more of. He's considered an end in like a three four system. But uh, yeah, no, he's definitely tall. Um, but he was hell of effective when he was playing. But and uh, the, what, what what helps him is his length, right? Because typically, if you're a tall guy, you're very lengthy, um, so it works. But he's another guy, and I guarantee you, you asked him, he had to learn how to play with much lower pad level because it probably got him into some serious trouble when he played too high. You know, here's another guy that made the right call on football versus baseball is the big hurt. You know, he signed with Auburn. Um, I guess that's when Pat Dye was there to play football. But uh, Hal Baird knew what he could do on the baseball field. Frank favored baseball. And the rest is literally Hall of Fame history. All right, guys. Well, you got to stay out of the rain today. All right? Will do. Uh, we'll be back in 22 hours. Some big noon sports. <laughs>